Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about traditional Catalan food. Catalonia is rightly known around the world for its superstar chefs with their Michelin stars and molecular gastronomy. That's not what's on our menu today. No, today it's all about the kind of grub your granny used to make. If your granny was Catalan, of course. Think stews, sausage, snails. Yep. But don't worry, Killian, it's not all meat. Hi, Killian. That's good to hear. Thank you very much for letting me know. <laughs> That's uh, Killian Shields. We're also joined today by Gerard Escatchfolk. Hi, Gerard. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be back yeah. uh, after a few months off. Uh, Gerard, you went along to one of the local markets here in Barcelona this week. More on that later. And also coming up, we're going to hear about the favourite Catalan foods of some people, like ourselves, Killian, who aren't from here, but have made Catalonia their home. First though, Gerard, I was going to ask you as our resident Catalan today, what is Catalan food? But I actually thought it might be more interesting and, you know, important as a public service broadcaster here to let our listeners know what's not Catalan food. Ah, well, obviously the first one that everything thinks, thinks of, paella. Definitely that's not Catalan, even though we eat paella here. And he's from just down the road, Valencia, exactly, the yeah. neighboring region. And the correct pronunciation, because I've heard all sorts. Paella. Right, okay, I'm not even going to, I don't want to repeat it in case I get it wrong. But yeah, I suppose this is the kind of thing that you see in every restaurant in the, in the center mm-hmm. of Barcelona and stuff, but actually it's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, exactly. That's more like a food that we eat here, but it's not from here exactly. Yeah. So it's just like appropriate it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of the same way you get, what, pizza on yeah, menus exactly. around the world, you know, so um, uh, what else? We've got things like patatas bravas kind of falls in that Yeah, category, which is maybe. kind of Catalan, not Catalan. There's the yeah, this debate. was the source of a lot of debate, I think, in the office the past week. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly been arguing the side that it can be considered Catalan even if it didn't originate here. I mean, in Madrid, for example, if you look at menus and restaurants, you'll see both patatas bravas and also patatas alioli. Bravas being the more slightly spicy red sauce, alioli being the garlicky, nearly like mayonnaise sauce. But over here, if you order bravas, you'll get both of the sauces, typically. Yeah, yeah. and alioli, obviously, is, is kind of mm, a Catalan. Garlic and oil. Garlic and oil. There's no, no, that's how it, that's literally how what it means. <laughs> exactly. And, okay, maybe, you know, can't pinpoint it. Did it Did it originate in the south of France? Did it originate here? But, you know, <laughs> who knows? For like, me, it's Catalan. It's, I would, I it's traditionally eaten here. It's traditionally yeah. found. Yeah. Omelette is another thing you see on practically every menu. Yeah, well, Spanish omelette is like, it's already Spanish. It's not Catalan omelette, so obviously. And sangria. Even though it's not a food, still something people consider Catalan. It's kind of the the food that restaurants think tourists want, or maybe tourists think, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, it's a mix. Yeah, you just go to La Rambla and like wander around, like, don't eat there. Omelette, tortilla in Spanish. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know that. And Trita de patatas, exactly. Trita de patatas in Catalan. And then there is the debate either with onion or without, but that's yeah, bigger. That's for another day. Yeah. Okay, well, now that we've got that out of the way, on to some genuine Catalan dishes then. And uh, last week, Filling the Sink went along to Barcelona International Community Day. There were all sorts of important networking events, conferences, etc. But we had more pressing concerns. At our Catalan news stand, we invited people to tell us their favorite Catalan dish. Oh, good question. I love crema catalana. You know that? I love it. La escalivada. Aubergia, onion, uh, peppers, and some uh, spices that we put with olive oil, virgin olive oil. 
and we just put it in the, the oven, sorry, and it's really delicious. My favorite Catalan dish is probably more Spanish, but I love tortilla de patata. I, I just, I love it. It's just spuds, onions, eggs. Like, why don't we make it at home? I don't know, I love it, it's perfect. So it's on the day for like for the castañada and they sell it in the bakeries. Yeah, it's sweet and that's my favorite. Well, my favorite traditional Catalan dish is probably a dish that I had this week. Very typical from here, which is called esquichada. It's codfish, basically, but like a salad with codfish, with tomato, with onion and olives. And for the summer, it's really refreshing and really good. Yeah, so that's that's probably one of my favorites. There are more, there are many more, but that's one of my favorites, yeah. There's omelets, which are not, I mean, it's not specifically Catalan, but like a, the omelets here are amazing. Um, and probably some of the cured meat that you find here as well. So you have products like longanisa and things like that. So those cold cuts, which I've become quite a fan of. My favorite Catalan dish, good question. Putifarra um, con manjetas. I think because when it's cold, and it's not very cold in Catalonia, but that's sort of a very hearty filling meal. And I like the way that you prepare things. Uh, I love the way that you present food. There's a creativity there that I don't see in other countries. And so it makes it even more appetizing, anything you order. I'm gonna go for my favorite and that would be paella for, for different reasons. The first thing is because that's the first one I tried when I got here four years ago and I kind of liked it. The other thing is I'm from Ghana in West Africa and it's very similar to a dish we have. It's called jollof rice and almost everything is the same so when I even though I enjoy it as a, Cat a Catalan cuisine it makes me feel like okay this is kind of me still being back home, you know, because everything with the recipe and stuff is, is quite similar to, to what we have. My favorite Catalan dish is espinacs a la catalana. And I grew up thinking that uh, vegetables were bland and boring, but here they saute spinach with uh, raisins and pine nuts, and it's absolutely delicious. I also like trinchat a la Sardinia. It's a really good winter dish. Another good way to get your vegetables in, it's uh, cabbage, boiled cabbage and uh, potato. And sometimes they sprinkle a little bit of bacon on it, what gives it a nice extra flavor. Thanks very much to everyone who spoke to us at Barcelona International Community Day. We heard from MJ, Shukri, Kieran, Kevin, Joe, Teresa, Alexander, Daniel and Elia. We should probably explain a couple of uh, those foods that they mentioned. MJ said crema catalana. I mean, I love crema catalana. But I think it's my favourite dessert ever. I love it. <laughs> There's nothing better at the end of a meal when you crack into that layer of burnt sugar. Yeah, it's, it's basically Excellent. like creme brulee. You might know it yeah, as. Yeah, very, very similar. Panayettes were mentioned by Kevin, who I think is probably our youngest ever contributor to filling the sink. Good man, Kevin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he mentioned 
Castañara, La Castañara, for people that don't know, is? All Saints Day, the 1st of November, coming yeah. up. It's basically yeah. Catalan version of Halloween. Yes. But the customs, the tradition is very, very different to Halloween, of course. If you want to know more about it, listen back to podcast number one, Filling the Sink. It was all about Halloween and La Castañara. It's timely too. It's, it's this week, isn't it? Kevin's little sister was too shy uh, to speak. Her mother was kind of encouraging her to speak about Butifar, this uh, sausage, Catalan sausage, but I gather she preferred lollipops, Gillian. <laughs> it seemed that way. Yeah, yeah. But Teresa mentioned Butifar as well. That's true. Um, which they're all traditionally eaten with mongetas, which are like these white beans, normally quite large white beans. Yeah. Uh, I much prefer that side of that place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rather than the butifarra. Yeah, that's not for me. I yeah. mean, those mongetas, those kind of beans, there's so much of that here. These pulses, mm. beans, legumes. <laughs> okay, and I mean, we have to explain Alexander's contribution, which was more or less one word, calzots. One word with more energy than the rest of us combined, yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Calzots are these long, tender, sweet onions, which are only eaten in the first three months of the year. In fact, you'd only find them then at this big event called a calzotada, which, of course, we've done a podcast on in the past. Episode 65, if you want to know more, calzots and calzotadas, Catalonia's onion craze. And, well, it seems like everyone loves the food from here. Was it unanimous, Killian? Well, most people, yes, but unanimous, no. There was one guy that I spoke to who didn't want to be interviewed, unfortunately, but he gave a perspective that I found really, really interesting, in fact. Um, he was from India, and I asked him off mic what he thought of Catalan food, and he told me that it was quite bland, in <laughs> fact. Really? Yeah, I mean, you have to consider, this guy explained that he was in the 99th percentile of people who can withstand spiciness, so yeah. the Scoville scale. Yeah, and, and, and this is quite a funny thing because I, I often slag Gifre for finding things like ketchup spicy because um, I, I, from my perspective I, I enjoy spicy food but I think a lot of Catalans they can't really handle a bit of spice yeah that's true I, like, we have like more of a com- for him a bland yeah cool. <laughs> I mean what other dishes we've heard a good few there but uh, do you want to just run I, th- th- I think they just forgot the 101 basic Catalan food uh-huh. the one the first one that you order Pam to market. Pam to market, uh, which is bread with tomato. Bread. It's so <laughs> simple. It sounds so simple. It is. Yeah, it, it is, is so simple, simple. But it's so but, tasty. But when it? you get a restaurant that puts care and love into it, oh, it like, tastes. It's very great. difficult to beat. Yeah, it's yeah. like toasted slice of bread, and like sometimes you rub garlic on it before rubbing a tomato on, it, on this bread. And depends on who you ask, you anoint it with olive oil. And then you add salt or it's the other way around. You first put the salt and then the olive oil. It's just oh, like really? A, it's just a huge debate. Well, I'd yeah. imagine the salt would stick better before the oil. Uh, oh, no, I always put no, it after. No, oh, my God. Oh, it's after. Yeah, oh, my interesting. God. Like, I, I had several I'm, debates with my friends on that. Like, can I controversies out of absolutely anything listen, here? The other, the <laughs> other, the other like key point, I think, for, for, for Pam to market is that you have to cut the tomatoes Along the equator, not yes. along the oh, meridian. Yeah, that's like, that's, <laughs> that, that just that's, makes sense. That's, you know? you know that's a criminal at. offense if you do it the other way around. Which, which you know, something I, I never cut a tomato that way before I moved here. But that actually makes sense with regards the anatomy of the tomato. But you know, what comes first, the salt or the oil, that doesn't make a difference ultimately oh, the, to the taste of it. Oh, yes, it does. Right, <laughs> moving on, moving on before things get out of hand. Uh, so a few more t- typical Catalan dishes then. Mm, fouet, which is kind of a French saucisson yeah. for people, and 
cured sausage, we should say. Yeah, yeah. so these kind Instead of cured of meats are, yeah, are, exactly. are, there's, there's, there's plenty of them. Fouette's the most well-known. Yeah, and then moving on from the appetizers to the main courses, we have cannellons, which is not in origin from Catalonia, it's Italian, but it's eaten here. It's just stuffed pasta tubes, and we normally eat that, like, in Christmas. Just stuffed pasta tubes. I mean, it's Bechamel, lovely. Yeah, yeah. cream. It's a lovely well, uh, here seasonal dish. Uh, it's seasonal because like you normally eat it on Boxing Day, St. Stephen's, on the 26th of December. And it's the leftovers from the dinner or the, the lunch from Christmas lunch. Yeah, this is another really interesting aspect of Catalan cuisine. Like so much of it through history has come from making the most of whatever's there. There were leftovers from Christmas Day, so put it in some pasta mm-hmm. tubes and put it in the oven. Exactly. And another th- interesting thing about the cuisine from here kind of in general is the impact, obviously, that the geography of the place has mm-hmm. on it. You know, uh, Mari Montagna is actually the name of like a family of dishes where yeah, you mix sea and mar, sea and mountain. So you mix some kind of seafood or fish with, mm, you know, Food, some really kind of meat one. from yeah. from more from or inland. Chicken. Yeah, it's like a kind of surf and turf. Surf and turf, exactly. exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you often see meatballs with cuttlefish, which is an oh, example. It's amazing. It? Mm. Amazing food. In Catalan, that's mandunguillas and sepia. Mm, look out for it I'm a big fan of that there's also a few kind of I would say more unusual foods number one being snails I would say cargols yeah Yeah. snails Uh, have you tasted them I have tasted them I didn't order them my brother also called Killian, actually, uh, who's a little bit braver with these things than me uh, ordered them and I I tried one or two from his what did you think about them I mean fine like they were done in a sauce like is that the typical way yeah there are two options either cargols cooked in sauce and the ones that are cooked on a tray. So different things for you to taste. Are you a fan? I've tasted them once. Ah, just once as well? Yeah, okay. long time ago. Guys, I think you have to get yourself to Yeda in late May or early June every year because there's a huge snail-eating festival out there <laughs> called the Aplec del Caragol. Well, there we go, Gerard. We'll make a date late May, early June next year. I can see a podcast around there. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of in the same vein for me anyway is uh, Pils da Pork, Ooh. which is pig's feet trotters yeah. no I've never tasted them no I, I mean I, I don't know if it's specifically Catalan but you definitely see it a lot here I, I suppose it harks back to what you said Killian, about using all exactly you know, every every part of the throughout history you yeah. have to if you've only got a certain amount and have to make the most of it yeah, yeah same with snails you know if you're hungry and if that's all that's in front of you yeah exactly it's one, one way to look at it yeah and even there is another one estofat so kind of stew so with, we have more meat, poultry mixed with vegetables, but that's different to another Catalan dish, which is fricando. Fricando, that's actually a new one for me. It's beef mixed with mushrooms, the vast majority. So it's different from astufat. It's similar, but different. How did we get so far into this podcast before mentioning mushrooms? Like, if you walk along the street now, like, oh, bookshops are full of uh, books about mushrooms. We did a podcast again, a, what, a, episode three, I think it was, about mushroom hunting. I went mushroom hunting myself for the first time in my life only a couple of weeks ago. It's such a big tradition here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, the wild mushrooms that grow in Catalonia, like there's so many, there's dozens of different edible varieties, plenty more non-edible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Careful be careful of those. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, especially this time of year, it forms a big part mm-hmm. of the cooking here as well. Doesn't yeah, it? it's mixed similar with castañada, like they go hand in hand almost. Yeah, and I suppose speaking now of this, like seasonality is a big, well, it's a big buzzword in food in general. But I mean, here people kind of 
you know, it's yeah, second nature. There are special dishes which are only eaten at certain times of the year, for sure. I mean, we already mentioned calsots as well. That's only in the first three months of the year. That's when they're harvested. But as well as that, like, if we're to just think of the calendar, tortas de rey. Tortas de reyes, yeah. It's only eaten one day, not even one during one month. It's one day of the year, 6th of January. King's Day, indeed, yeah. The sort of Christmas tradition here. Uh, later on, we've got Mona de Pascua, the special Easter cake. Oh, yeah. Which we had a podcast on that. Well, we, may, we mentioned it in the Easter podcast. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Coca de San Juan later in June. Coca is actually something we should explain. Indeed, yes. A coca is this idea of sort of a flatbread, kind of similar to a pizza, but a little similar bit drier. Focaccia, yeah, maybe that's a better explanation. And it can be, well, like savory like pizza, but it can be sweet like the Coca de San Juan. Yeah, Coca de San Juan is only for the 24th of June. Okay. So, yeah, we are like specific Very dates. Specific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, panayets that Kevin mentioned earlier as well, mm-hmm. again, on a specific date. Um, any other and sopa de galette also on a specific date that's for Christmas time mm. it's a kind of uh, trombone pasta very big pasta to be fair um, and it's eaten like on the 25th of December and it's served in like a chicken soup a chicken broth yeah it? with some meat meatballs uh. Not tried it. I've not been here for Christmas Day, so maybe that's why. You can only get on that day, it seems. And turro, just for Christmas, just to finish the uh, Christmas that's, pack. That's a little yeah. dessert, isn't it? No, I'm getting hungry. Anyone else getting hungry? Uh, anyone who has visited Catalonia knows that eating out here is an absolute joy. But you can't eat out every day, unfortunately. Never fear, food shopping in Catalonia is also a real treat, with buzzing local markets in practically every town and neighbourhood, uh, full of fresh local produce Gerard and Maxime van Cleven went along to El Mercat Sants, Sants Market here in Barcelona and asked the stallholders there what kinds of food do tourists buy and first, what are the classic ingredients the locals look for? So Maxime, you're from Belgium. Have you seen a market before like this one? I have, yeah. We have good markets in Belgium as well. I'm not saying it has as many great products as this one has, but uh, we have some. We are at the Mercat de Sants, here in the Sants neighborhood in Barcelona. We are in, inside the market that was like opened back in 1913. Well, let's see what Catans tend to buy here at the market then, right? Right. Catans buy local fish and seafood from our sea. The Mediterranean Alicia from Massive Fishmongers tells us. Fish that come from Tarragona, Rensemar, Blanes and other seaside towns nearby. And then you've got seafood from Galicia. Turbot, mussels, in season right now. A little bit of everything, she says. Egg sausage, white sausage, black sausage are some of the Catalan products people buy at Francesc Butchers. Catalan cheese, ham, and then we also have different meats, pork loin. Chicken, rabbit, all my products are local, Nuria Solana says. People do check if the product is local, they ask about that. The vast majority of fruits and vegetables Catalans buy are local, says Adolfo Cano from Julia's Greengrocers. Especially beans, broccoli, artichoke, legumes, those are some of the most popular products here. We have all sorts of olives, Raúl Montané tells us. We don't have particular ones that sell more, there are many varieties, and almost all of them sell well. 
We also have tuna in bulk that people buy portions of, and now we sell little mixed skewers, he says. Like, are we talking about like what, 27, 30 like different olive varieties here? I didn't know um, that that many varieties even existed. Well, it's only seven euros a kilo, or even six. I might get some for myself, you know. <laughs> We have some hotels and tourist apartments around here, says Lourdes from Rebost del Mercat, the market pantry. Before visitors leave, they come here to buy biscuits, saffron, red pepper. They buy different things compared to locals, products that will survive the journey. But if they live in the neighborhood, they also buy local products, also things from their home if they see them. But they get used to the Mediterranean diet. Back at the fishmongers, Alicia says internationals enjoy coming. We use the translator on our phone and we understand each other, she laughs. They like the atmosphere here, they tend to be surprised by seeing things alive and moving like crab, langoustines, especially shellfish. People from abroad like to buy chicken too, Nuria Solana says. They tend to prefer free-range chicken. I do not know why exactly, but they like it more. They normally buy similar to what locals buy, Adolfo at the Green Grocer says. I guess everyone gets used to the Mediterranean diet. While we have our olives, our vegetables, time to go, Maxim? Yeah, I think it's time to go. Um, I've loved the atmosphere here. There's like such a, a friendly vibe between the, the customers and the people selling the vegetables and everything. I, they know each other because they come to the same market every week and it's really nice to see. <laughs> I'll be back. Thanks, Gerard and Maxime and everyone at Sant's Market. That's my old local market where I used to live just it's, around the corner. It's very nice. It's a lovely building, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there are several around Barcelona, which are also very, very nice. I mean, La Boqueria is the famous one, isn't it? Yeah, in, like, in in La Ram- Ram- exactly. The Mercat de San Antonio is a gorgeous building as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're great. And um, what we were looking there, there's... 39 in Barcelona mm-hmm. like so yeah really worth a visit mm-hmm. and around 168 around Catalonia so there people will have a local market nearby for yeah. sure and that, that doesn't even include like kind of temporary markets that set up mm. once a week or anything it's unbelievable it's such a great kind of strong food culture you know mm. uh, I mean fresh all the time fresh well, <laughs> fresh and local mm-hmm. and Gerard they mentioned at the market the Mediterranean diet a few times and you know Another plug for another podcast, episode 73, Food, Glorious Food, Mediterranean Diet and Veggie Trends. You were with us for that one. I was indeed, yeah, it was fantastic. And I just want to mention one of my favourite Filling the Sing episodes ever, which was on Catalan cuisine, but the kind of high-end stuff, which I have to say I have, you know, did the podcast on it, didn't sample much, but anyway, <laughs> um, that was episode 40, and we interviewed Karma Ruscalleda. Yeah, she is one of the greatest chefs here in Catalonia. Yeah, so do check that out. Time now for our Catalan phrase. I've missed these. Uh, what's it this week, Gerard? Passo catambolic. 
basukatam oli, which is bread soaked, no, with oil, yeah, which exactly, which is so, so, very good, bad quality. No, 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 it's very bad quality. Very bad. Well, I mean, it yeah, sounds good to me. Pan well, soaked in oil. we have pan tomato, so it's that's good stuff. Ah, okay, so it's like it's missing the it's missing yeah. the tomato. Exactly. Uh, right. Okay. So if something's pan sukatam oli, it's it's not great. Yeah. Exactly. And that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, Killian and Gerard. Thanks very much for having us, Lorcan, and welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I think you. it's time to go for lunch now. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks to Maxime, too, and everyone at Sands Market, and everyone who spoke to us at Barcelona International Community Day. Thanks, of course, to you for listening. Do give us a like, follow, subscribe, all of that. We're back next Saturday with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now, adeu, and bon profit.